Hi, I'm Sandra Nagotrong, and welcome back to the Chasing Gods podcast. This episode is on the yin-yang symbol and philosophy, and comes in two other formats, the video format full of supporting visuals, and the essay version, which contains sources and further reading. You can find the video on youtube.com slash chasinggods, and you can find both essay and video on my website at chasinggods.com, where you will also find other blogs and all the information you need to stay updated. Please support the podcast by sharing it to your friends, leaving a review on whichever podcast app you use, or by becoming a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash chasinggods. So how did the yin-yang symbol come about? What is the real philosophy behind it? Does it mean good versus bad? We'll get to that right now, but first I need to stress that the information in this video is highly condensed. The yin-yang history and applications are enormous, so on this video, I'll just be sharing the key points in the most simplistic way as possible. Let's begin. The yin-yang symbol evolved through a series of diagrams. See, the intellectuals of ancient China practiced an art called xiang or tu, the art of diagram or image making. The goal with these numerical representations, texts, and shapes was to communicate the patterns of the universe according to the vision of the Yi Jing. The Yi Jing, also known as I Ching, is a divination text based on changes and transformation. It's the oldest living classic of China and the precursor of most of Chinese philosophy and culture. The Yi Jing is basically a manual that provides advice to any specific question one may have. The text centers around 64 hexagrams made of yin and yang lines, designed to cover all the structures of being and possible changes. The hexagram is dynamic. They each mean something, and so does each of its lines. And when one line changes from yin to yang or yang to yin, the entire hexagram changes, as well as the interpretation. The Yi Jing reflects the ancient Chinese thought that everything becomes and transforms, from yin to yang, or yang to yin. But what is yin and what is yang? Yin-yang started off as two separate terms to describe geographic places in relationship to the sun. The sunny and warm side of the mountain was called yang, and the cold and shady side was called yin. This led to the classification of everything that exists as yin or yang element. But there is a system. For example, yin is dark, cold, hidden, submissive, the moon, and the feminine. Yang is the opposite of yin. Yang is bright, warm, visible, dominating, the sun, and masculine. The list goes on and on. Basically, everything in the world is either yin or yang. And because yin essentially represents the female and yang the male, things are either of female attribute or of male attribute. The yin-yang philosophy is fundamentally modeled on male and female biological differences and interactions. As female and male are opposites, they are also complementary. Same goes for the yin and yang. The ancient Chinese thinkers saw that there was a paradoxical interdependence on everything that appeared to be opposites. Brightness can only exist with darkness, and they interact with one another to make the world function. Day and night mark the rotation of the earth on its axis. Male and female procreate. From the naming of the mountainside, yin-yang became a way of thinking. The yin-yang thought was a way of seeing the universe. So how did the ancient Chinese see the cosmos? 
A popular Chinese creation myth tells how before everything, there was formless chaos, no light, no darkness, and it took the form of a cosmic egg. For thousands of years, Pengu, the hero, was sleeping in that egg. And during that time, the forces of yin and yang became balanced. When Pengu woke up, he cracked the egg open and separated the yang from the yin. He extended the heavens upwards and the earth downwards, all the while growing longer. Thousands of years later, heaven and earth reached their maximum height and depth. Pengu couldn't grow anymore, so he died, and all of his body parts became all the parts of the universe, the 10,000 things. His breath became the winds and the clouds, his left eye the sun, his right eye the moon, his blood the ocean and the rivers, his facial hair the stars and the Milky Way, and so on and so forth. There are different versions of this myth, but overall, it reflects the logic and the patterns of the universe according to other ancient Chinese texts. The early Chinese philosophers believed that the universe originated from an ultimate source. They called it the Tao, or the Great One. The Tao contains the yin-yang, which is like the fabric of the universe. It's the net that's embedded in all things. Through the functions of the yin-yang net travels the qi, the life force that animates everything that exists. The ultimate Tao can be compared to Pangu's egg, and they both can be compared to what today's scientists call the Big Bang, or to the symbolism of the dot, or zero, which represent the beginning of possibilities. Pengu's body becoming the parts of the universe also reflects the ancient Chinese idea that the cosmos and the human body share the same anatomical map. In this vision, the universe is conceived as a living organism, paralleling the human body in terms of rhythm, function, and movement. Humans, the earth, and the cosmos all affect each other through the system of yin and yang. For example, when the sun comes out, the sun is young, the people go out on the rice fields. Activity is a yang element. And when the yin moon comes out, people rest, which is a yin state. It was also believed that human activity affected the greater cosmos. What the humans did on Earth could cause cosmic reactions, like rain or drought. A theory that was not reflected in Pangu mythology, but essential to the yin-yang thought, is the wu-sing, or the five-phase theory. Basically, it's the interaction sequence between nature's five elements, fire, water, earth, wood, and metal. For example, water overcomes fire, fire overcomes metal, and so on and so forth. This theory suggests that other objects or state also correspond to the five elements and share the same sequence of interaction. According to the Wu Sing, knowledge overcomes passion. Whew, okay, let's do a quick recap on the general yin-yang thought we've covered so far. The ancient Chinese saw the universe as being governed by two opposing but equal and complementary forces, which act as a mechanism for the qi, the life force that animates everything. The cosmos and humans are connected and share the same anatomical structure. Life's elements interact in accordance with the five-phase theory. But hold on, the yin-yang thought was more than just a way of seeing the universe. To the ancient Chinese sages, all aspects of life are like a universe on their own. And they are also subject to the yin-yang theory. They believe that if you can understand this well, you will see that the yin-yang theory can be used as a type of blueprint for doing things the right way. 
This efficient way of doing something is called shu or strategies. And shus are guided by the yin yang principles. There is a shu for everything for battle, for sex, for living arrangements, for combat, for music, art, political affairs, and for medicine. Medical based shus have had major influence in broadening and systemizing the meaning of the yin yang. Yin yang was a way of seeing the world and a way of life. Essentially, yin yang was everything. No wonder the Chinese thinkers had to put it on paper. But text is discursive and had its limits, so the Chinese designed images and diagrams. They look quite complicated, but remember that they weren't meant for aesthetics, but for explaining the complex patterns of the universe. A lot were created, but there were three main trends of Chinese image making the Hetu and Luo Shu, the Eight Trigrams, the Taiji Tu. These three had significant connections with one another and were all essentially derived from the Yi Jing. Let's look at each of the trends. The Hetu and Luo Shu, symbolizing heaven and earth respectively, were drawn by an 11th century Yi Jing commentator inspired by what he had seen on the back of a turtle and a dragon like horse in the river. The black dots, which are grouped to form even numbers, are yin, and these numbers represent completion. The white dots, which are grouped to form odd numbers, are young, and those numbers represent generation. Each of the charts show mathematical patterns representing the generative force of the universe through the balance of yin and yang. The second trend is the two sets of eight trigrams taken from the Yi Jing and represents its concepts, revealing the basic cyclic and polar forces of the universe. The circular positioning of the trigrams set a precedence in the yin yang xiang making because it shows the cosmological cyclical patterns of rise and decline. As you go around the circle, you can see the waxing and waning of yin and yang. The third trend of image making is the taiji tu. It consists of five steps read from top to bottom to explain the movement from one source into a diversified world. First, there's the absolute void, then the yin and yang complementary duality, then the Wu Sing theory, and then eventually everything which becomes and transforms. In the 14th century, these three trends were combined to form the prototype for the yin yang symbol. The artist who made it called it a Hetu river diagram, just like the one from the first trend. It took the circular shape and trigrams from the eight trigrams diagram. It contains the yin yang has from the Taiji 2 sequence, only it's evolved into an interlocking and swirling of yin yang halves. And from there came different renditions, which look more and more like the modern yin yang symbol we know today. Okay, let's go over some of the cosmological patterns that the symbol shows. The circle, which can symbolize heaven, a whole, or an entity, is fundamentally made of and governed by two opposite forces, yin and yang. At any point in time and space, there is both yin and yang. This could be seen by drawing a line from the center of the circle to any of its peripheries. And it's only seen in the earlier versions of the yin yang. The equal proportion of each opposite shows that they are of equal importance and complementary. One cannot exist without the other. The intertwining and swirling of the two represents the self-created and ongoing cycle of these two opposites. 
One transforms into the other. In the strong element of yang, there is a seed of yin, and yin will begin. And in the strong element of yin, there is a seed of yang, and this cycle keeps going. The swirling also represents movement. At any point, yin or yang is in the process of changing. Things are always transforming, one way or the other. Today's modern yin-yang symbol changed a bit. It lost some informative details, but still maintains the core ideas from the more ancient symbols. It's not known who created it and when, but we can see that endless variations have been created by all types of individuals across the world. The yin-yang has become a universal symbol, and it's mostly known to represent the harmony of dualism, especially of good and bad. But as we've seen, the ancient Chinese intellectuals never meant it to represent good and bad, although the rules can apply there too. They meant to create an image that represents much more than just a balance of opposites. The yin-yang symbol is derived from a rich history of image-making in order to express a complex way of thinking. And remember, we've just scratched the surface. Yin-yang is a way of seeing the world, one that came from an ultimate source of nothingness, a world governed by two opposite yet complementary forces which control the energy that animates all things. A world in constant transformation, a world subject to cycles of rise and decline, and to the theory of five phases. A world that we can find above us, around us, and within us. Thank you for listening, and thank you always to my patrons for your support. For those of you who want to help me grow this podcast, please check out my website or patreon.com slash chasinggods. You can equally support me by sharing my content or by leaving a review on your podcast app. All right, see you next time.